Welcome to Scouting for Growth. Today, I'm meeting with Andrew Combs, CEO of Baltec's European Operation. I'm sure you will enjoy very much learning about Andrew and Baltec, one of our InsurTech unicorns, and actually achieved that status, I think, in 12 months. So that is incredible. In everything Andrew does, he thinks about his team, agility, strategy, the next generation of insurance products and services. And outside of work, Andrew enjoys traveling, golf, and spending time with family. So I'm super thrilled to be with you today, Andrew. And some of the numbers I think is very important for us to quote about Baltec is you guys are in 30 markets across three continents. You're working with more than 180 insurers. And, you know, I've been talking about you and usually I use the old numbers. So, you know, 80 more insurers in a short period of time, impressive. 700 distribution partners and 44 billions in quoted premiums annually in US dollars. So impressive. Welcome, Andrew. Thank you for being here with us. Hi, Sabine, and thank you so much for inviting me. It's, it's great to be on your podcast with you. I've, I've listened to a few and they're, they're very interesting. So it's exciting for me to be here with you as well. And thank you for sharing because we are trying to help our community understand the ease and the complexity of setting up a business. But also, you know, it's about the network. We work in insurance and it's about giving as much as receiving. So I've read about your LinkedIn profile, right? I've already mentioned some of your passions, you know, strategy, business improvement. You know, you also build your own venture, Andrew. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm currently uh, the European CEO at Baltic, as you mentioned, uh, which is very, very exciting for us. Um, I was employee number one here in, in Europe uh, some two and a, three, three and a bit years ago. Uh, when we first were a PowerPoint presentation. Uh, and it's been an amazing privilege to lead such a, a pivotal region, really, in such a fast-growing, innovative business that's seen us grow from a PowerPoint to a tech unicorn in such a short space of time. I, I, I guess um, Baltic was different from the outset from anything I've ever done before. And that, that's really what attracted me to, to the business. Uh, I have set up my own uh, business before, but this is unique in, in what we're trying to do here. Uh, it's definitely a results-driven business, uh, and, I'm and I'm a very results-driven person, as you've probably worked out, um, but I also love driving innovation and seeing that through to fruition. So when Boltec came along to me, I, I frankly, I couldn't say no because it's such a great opportunity. Um, before I joined Boltec, um, I was actually a member of the Assuring Leadership team uh, that built out the Asia-Pacific business over there. So uh, this isn't my first startup rodeo, as, it, as, it's, as they say. Um, and I've also worked for uh, lots of other different businesses uh, from multinationals, such as CSE, a Computer Science Corporation, which you probably now know as DXC Technology, um, and to a Silicon Valley startup that actually was the first business to put corporate mobile email on non-BlackBerry devices back in the day when, before the iPhone, when we were still loading software onto ROMs. Uh, so I was a part of that uh, business that built that, which was very, very exciting a long time ago. So as you can probably gather, I, I kind of fell into insurance. 
uh, when, when I moved from CSE to Assurin. And so prior to that, my, my uh, experience in the industry had been pretty small. Uh, but I've, I've really enjoyed all the roles I've had, you know, and starting up businesses is great, even my own little venture, um, which was very successful for me personally uh, as a little consultancy. Uh, and I'm very passionate about what I do and whether it's leading a transformational change to building successful businesses from the ground up. I've certainly learned a lot, a lot on, the, on the way, um, sometimes good, sometimes bad, but you certainly learn from all your mistakes as well. However, I'd say being at the forefront of building such a pioneering, fast-growing business as Boltec is just a fantastic experience. Honestly, no two days are the same, and it challenges you constantly. And, and honestly, I absolutely love that. It's fantastic. It's great to hear, you know, being in the tech environment, you have to move very fast and you have to adapt very fast as well. But what is interesting as well, Andrew, is you, you have an experience in, in tech, but also telecom, I heard. So you are bringing knowledge from other sector into insurance, like all of us have fell into insurance, actually. <laughs> uh, and we love it as well. Yeah, uh, it, it, is, it is true. I mean, it, it's um, so, so when going back to the days of Silicon Valley startup, I mean, that was Cure Tech Telco. We had um, uh, deals with Verizon, AT&T, Vodafone, Global. And so, yeah, it, it, but there's a lot of synergies, actually, if you think about the two businesses, telecoms and, and insurance, they're there to serve customers when it boils down to it. They're there to, to give a customer a need at the point of that need. And that's why a lot of the synergies you see between the two, the two businesses and why I think a lot of the people we have here, the great people we have here are actually ex-telcos um, because there's so much synergies between telecoms and, and insurance. One thing which also comes to mind, you, you mentioned you were in Asia, you moved to Europe. Can you tell us about the team, you know, where the team is located? Are you globally located now in Boltec? Yeah, so we're... Um, I mean, you mentioned it at the start. So we, we uh, are in three continents, uh, North America, Europe, and Asia. Um, so we have a, a very large team in, in, in America. Obviously, our head office is Singapore, Hong Kong. Uh, but my, my big boss, Rob, sits, Rob Shimek, sits in Singapore. Uh, and Group is, is in Asia. And then over here in, in Europe, uh, we have about uh, 180 to 200 people here in region, but we have a big, also a big tech hub in Porto, about 200 people. So there's a, and, and we have another tech hub in Israel, so in Tel Aviv. So it's it's very widespread. It's a truly global business, um, as you, and as you said, it's, it's we we serve 30 countries on three continents. So it's 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 a pure big international insured tech, which is very very exciting in such a short space of time. And that is a thing in such a short period of time, uh, you guys have achieved world, I would say world domination in some ways. I mean, 44 billion of a quoted premium uh, in USD is, is fascinating to me. So now I'd like to talk to maybe the venture, and I know I'm already jumping into the, jump, the, the venture, but I would like for you to give us some tips around your leadership journey. You know, what are the little things you've learned which helps you be where you are leading a massive business in Europe? I'd love to. Uh, obviously, um, the, the two big experiences where I've experienced great growth has been obviously here with Boltec, uh, as you can see. Um, building it up from the ground up has, has been an amazing experience and, and actually leading from the front 
uh, setting the example and, and, and building some somewhat the culture in your own image is, is, is very uh, both exciting and, and very privileged uh, position to be in. And then I'd say the second to that was building out Shuren across Asia Pacific, another big growth um, path that we took. I'd say thinking about the most pressing challenges over the last few years, you know, it, it brings a lot of pressure with you, but it's the pressure of growing a mature, stable business and, and doing that at lightning speed while simultaneously identifying and then converting the growth opportunities to make that happen. And that obviously has the natural frictions that go with that, but, but it, it is a great opportunity to, to make sure that you build a business in, in the right way. Uh, and that's a, a great um, privilege for, for me to have done that, Baltic. That said, I, I'd say I've been really, really lucky to build an amazing leadership team, an amazing organization here from the ground up to what I believe is the best uh, insurance, insure tech business in Europe with experience across a range of sectors, businesses and products. So we already highlighted some of the key you know, the, the key highlights of Baltech. And the reason why we did that is it's import, so important for people to understand the journey the company has already gone through since 2020. And I think for me, it was amazing to see that really the launch was in 2020 during a pandemic. So can you share with us a little bit more about the company and why you are focusing on delivering on tech ecosystem and who your partners ecosystems are uh, sure uh, i mean we, we you're right we've we've achieved unbridled growth and that's super exciting so let, let me tell you a bit more about Baltic. um as you say we launched just around two years ago i think our birthday comes up next month uh in 2020 and we're now an international insure tech unicorn which is obviously for us very exciting if you take a look at our mission though you'll see we're focused on making it easier for people to buy and sell insurance. And that we aim to become the world's leading technology enabled ecosystem for protection and insurance. In reality, what does that mean? So let me unpack that for you a bit. Basically what we do is we connect insurers with distribution partners and then end customers. I'd say we've made a pretty good start on that mission so far. I mean, as you say, just last year we achieved unicorn status and we actually did that with the largest ever Series A funding round for an InsurTech. To date, we've raised over 247 million US dollars from some key strategic investors, such as Activant Capital in the US, Alma Mundi InsurTech, um, which is a venture capital fund, which is managed by Mundi Ventures, that invests exclusively in InsurTech startups across Europe and Israel, EDBI, which is the investment arm of Singapore's Economic Development Board and BVR Capital Management, which is an Asia investment platform. But at the center of our business is the largest insurance exchange in the world. And as you say, we now transact over 44 billion in US dollars in quoted premiums annually. But the secret source in many senses is we're actually a many-to-many -many ecosystems for our partners and customers. We bring them together but let me give you a few more stats that may help. So we currently serve over 8.3 million customers of those in those 30 markets. We have three tech hubs and five regional offices across three continents, as you mentioned, North America, Asia, and Europe. 
but we also have really deep industry expertise in insurance. We have, a Europe, we have Europe wide licenses that provide us access to distribute insurance products across 28 markets here in Europe, as well as licenses for 50 US states, all 50 US states. And we have five licenses in key markets in Asia. Additionally, what I finally say is we distribute our own hero products, such as device protection and other insurance products in several markets that we work in. So you already mentioned continents. And so what about your business in Europe, Andrew? Boltec in Europe, how does the business work? How the business has evolved over the past few years? Well, it's certainly been an amazing couple of years, that's for sure. Um, so let me tell you about it because I'm obviously very proud of what we've achieved here. Um, so we actually launched our first product uh, smartphone reload with wind in 2019 in Italy, um, which was a device protection program. But since then, our, actually our Italian operations have gone from strength to strength. We also launched and won Trey in early 2020, uh, which then meant, meant we were a total partner for WindTrade, a new combined business across their device protection portfolio. And we also launched micro business. In 2020, we also launched Reload Plus, which is new for us which was their upgrade program, which was swiftly followed by Reload Open. This is something that's very close to my heart. What it does is it allows customers who bought their devices in other channels, so they might be in the Apple store or electronic store, to protect their device with smartphone Reload Open when they buy a SIM with WinTrade. What that does though, is it massively increases the TAM, makes smartphone Reload available to every smartphone in Italy. This was obviously um, hugely, hugely important to us, but I would say last year was really the year we took off. I mean, it was a, a truly transformational year for us here in Baltic in Europe. We expanded our footprint to 19 countries. We hit over 1 million active subscribers, and we're now working with 23 market-leading partners with 40 programs in region. And following our acquisition last year, of a European B2B2C company, iSurance. We bought our greenfield operations in Baltic together with iSurance's established footprint to provide partners and customers with just even more choice, plus also faster access to easy digital solutions through our insurance exchange proposition. On a product uh, front, our device protection is one of our foremost capabilities and actually a hero product for us in Boltech globally. This helps us expand our customer and distribution access through entry level innovative uh, digital protection. And it also allows us to onboard a new generation of customers that are looking for insurance or just simpler, easier product, frankly. We're, you know, we're obviously very proud to work with some leading telecom companies like Wintray, as well as Saul and Dry and also OEMs such as Samsung, where we deliver that fast, easy device protection to the customers in the region. But what's even more exciting is we're continuing to evolve now. So we're excited to be building on that incredible momentum as we've created over the last few years, as we now start to bring our insurance exchange offering to Europe. And, and that, what that does is it allows us to offer complementary insurance capabilities, cross-sell opportunities, along with the ability to innovate and bring products to market through a single API integration to our partner. 
it's really what we believe is a very, very compelling proposition that's really starting to get noticed. And what's really exciting for us now is we're ready to deliver on that promise. So tell us, what do digital ecosystem mean, therefore, with all your all those amazing numbers you've shared with us? <laughs> <laughs> Look, we see um, the digital ecosystem as an enabler. We, we see ourselves as an enabler for our partners and our customers to gain the right protection at the time of need. And that's really important, that last time of need point. Uh, but actually, if you look at us, we're the plat as a platform, what we are is a gel that sits and allows insurance carriers and distribution partners to deliver great insurance products to customers on demand. And it, but I guess it, you know, if you look at what we are, it all comes back to our mission, and that's to become the world's leading technologically enabled ecosystem. Again, the gel, the ecosystem. And to deliver on that mission, what we've done is we've built the world's largest insurance exchange. And as you say, over 44 billion in US quoted premiums annually. But on top of that, we, are, we offer 5,000 insurance products and growing. And we work with over 180 insurance providers to give that choice and that quality of, of uh, experience to our end customers. So you have shared about digital ecosystems for Boltec. What does an ecosystem means for you? And some of the new trends, if I can ask as well, Andrew, about you know embedded insurance. I think today you see all those buzzwords, right? Digital ecosystem, embedded insurance. What do they mean to you? Yeah, great question, because uh, certainly embedded insurance is the buzzword of the day, that's for sure. Uh, we, we, we definitely see lots of opportunity in equip, equipping non-insurance partners such as telcos, banks, utilities, e-commerce companies, digital wallets. I mean, the list goes on really with digital insurance products at the customer's point of need. And embedded is, a, is obviously a big part of that. You know, for example, a non-insurer can monetize their existing client base to add insurances. An e-commerce platform can realize additional revenues by integrating embedded insurances for new purchases. An e-wallet, for instance, could branch out into offering a range of insurances. And then you get into the telcos where you add device protection. But then, you know, if you think about the logical path of an insurer of a telco, you can then start embedding travel insurance into roaming plans, etc. Another really good example I like to use where it comes to telco partners is adding cyber insurance bundled into a fiber home plan or now as we see in London and many parts of the world now, the 5G home router plans. So you embed a, a cyber insurance into that. And what that does is when the customer gets their router, it, when they activate that cyber insurance by registering on our proprietary home protect application, which can be its standalone application or itself can be embedded in the partner's own app. The app what the app can then do is it can scan all the connected devices in the home, and the customer then gets the opportunity and the option to increase the protection of the products inside their home, the ones they care most about. I mean, if you think about it, I scanned my home and I had 27 connected devices when I did it. I have not insurance for one of them because nobody really offers you insurance for your Google Home Hub and things like that. So it's a, it's a massive ecosystem there um, to, to, to go after. But from a logical perspective, if you think about the steps on that, so you've got small connected devices, then you can logically go into bundles 
and from that full contents, home contents, uh, buildings insurance. And suddenly you're getting outside by using embedded into non-embedded and you're springboarding out into the real, true, uh, very impressive real estate you can get from someone's home. So I'd say in short, we have the capability to help any kind of business, whether that's an insurer, a broker, an agent or a non-insurance business to seamlessly just add insurance to their customer, customers' ecosystems. The total addressable market for embedded insurance, like it's clearly huge. And I think by acting as a one-stop shop facilitator, offering more than just a platform, we can provide access to the insurers, products and insurance expertise for our partners. So with our ecosystem as the enabler, what that does is it translates to growth for the whole insurance industry. But ultimately though, and this is what's really, really important and compelling, is it's the customers who benefit most as they will be better protected than ever before with a greater choice of products and really importantly at the time of need. So you're using yourself, digital ecosystem and embedded insurance as two major concepts as to where you build Boltec. So, and I read that you call it the most extensive exchange or insurance gateway in the world. Is that right? Is that the way we should look at Boltec? 100%, yes. Uh, so let me expand on that. Although that was a very easy answer. Um, <laughs> Our ecosystem offers more choice, convenience and access to insurance products for millions of customers around the world at their point of need. And that's because we're not tied to a single carrier provider. So we can facilitate many to many connections. And that means between the distribution businesses we partner with, but also the insurance carriers, this carrier flexibility allows the end customer, we believe to get the right product at the right time and choose the coverage that best serves their needs. And we believe in having the flexibility to choose from a combination of providers, prices and exclusions makes for a really compelling buying opportunity for those end customers. What that means though, is that insurers who integrate with us, their products into our exchange can achieve instant scale because what they're doing is accessing new distribution channels markets and reaching customer segments that frankly they could never have easily reached on their own but also businesses wanting to distribute insurance whether they're insurers brokers agents or all kinds of non-insurance companies whether that's a telco a bank a utility e-commerce digital wallets they all can complement their existing customer journeys with what is a vast array of insurance products because we're connecting many to many on top of that, in some regions, we complement our own exchange with our own insurance and, and device protection products. And what we also do is provide underwriting, brokerage and reinsurance capabilities, plus our proprietary, obviously, our SaaS technology. This means that working with our partners, we can provide the know-how to navigate what is really a traditionally very complex industry and provide the technical expertise so this is how we see embedded digital ecosystems working together on our platform. That's super cool. That's super cool. So you have built a really unique business model and I guess operating model as well. So what makes you drive trust and transparency amongst your ecosystem partners? How do customers trust you? 
we've we've been very very successful in establishing some really really powerful partnerships and really in reality we've been propelled forward by those really great relationships that we built with some of the most exciting game-changing businesses around the world but the deep connections that we have with our partners are totally based on trust but also our mutual desire to collaborate to the benefit of all end customers the data-driven approach that we offer it offers up a, the opportunity to connect and deliver with for uh, and with our partners so that's really really compelling because that builds trust because you're actually doing it together you're being very transparent and open and although we're a global business actually our close internal collaboration enables us to rapidly challenge problem solve and offer solutions to our partners and by helping to provide those solutions we help our customers grow revenue and provide really great digital experience to their customers and that builds the trust and transparency over time so you know one of the major topic of this podcast is about teaching together learning together what corporate venturing means so i would love it uh, andrew if you could help us understand how boltech works and take advantage of insurers, brokers, distribution partners within a corporate venturing lens and engage with investors to drive your growth now in the future. I mentioned earlier the power of connection. Um, it, it is a tagline, but it's a bit of a mantra for us. And it, it really well illustrates our, the beauty of our ecosystem. Our insurance exchange, integrating suppliers, and distributors of insurance. We believe we're actually in quite a unique position because we can help insurers expand outside their normal risk appetite and digitize their sales processes. We help banks and fintechs, for instance, offer complementary lines of business to their existing services within weeks. And we also help all kinds of businesses bundle relevant protection for their customers with a simple click of a button. So we believe we're working together to transform an industry so that everyone benefits and the whole industry can move together, uh, forward together. So I'm sure you also noticed, uh, Andrew, uh, this year is a year of ESG, Environmental, Social and Governance Structure. And I saw on your website, actually, it's a core part of your strategy. Can you share a bit more with us? Because this is key for many business and a lot of business out there do not know how to deal with this today. Let's be honest, uh, we're a relatively young company. Uh, and so, I, you know, being humble, we're still currently building out the, the key pillars of our ESG strategy. However, we obviously recognize the profound importance of integrating ESG considerations and actions across our business and operations and purpose. We've done quite a bit of work so far on diversity, equity, inclusion, and we embrace DEI to help us build the right flexible environment for our teams to innovate. I can also though share a few details about some elements of ESG that we're already working on. In Europe, for instance, we're working with the Eden reforestation projects. What this does is it aims to reduce extreme poverty and restore healthy forests and by employing local people to plant millions of trees every year. We committed to planting a tree for every new subscriber to the device protection programs that we offer with AXA, one of our very valued insurance partners. And I'm delighted to, to, to announce, and you may have seen it in LinkedIn, 
but we achieved sapling level partner status with them recently. And we have actually now planted over 100,000 trees across Indonesia and Haiti since our partnership began just one year ago. And we're really, really excited because we, we believe we're con contributing to making a positive difference to not just these communities, but also the environment. The other area I want to mention is electronic waste. I guess it's not the most interesting stat in the world, but electronic waste is now one of the fastest growing sources of waste in the world. And obviously our device protection is a hero product of ours. And so it's a significant part of our business. And our goal is to reuse and recycle 90% of our return devices we receive. And what on top of that, what we do is we aim to purchase between 70 to 75% of our device inventory from refurbished grade A market. So that's basically phones that are as good as new. If you put the two together, you couldn't see the difference and they act in the, in the same way. And we use only OEM certified parts. We also vet our suppliers to ensure that they uphold the same standards as we do. And we only buy new inventory when refurbished stock is not available, which is basically when a brand new device comes out to the market from an OEM supplier. But from the phones we collect, over 70% are repaired, refurbished, and then returned back into our inventory and reused again in the ecosystem. And then the remaining 30%, which are beyond repair, we then send them to a manufacturing specialist to still recover the useful parts. So we're still trying to keep the ecosystem going. And then finally, any devices that can't be recovered are broken down into their component materials and sold for reprocessing or disposed of in a certified environmentally secure way. Fascinating. So we talk about digital ecosystem. We talked about the fact that you embed, so embedded insurance, and now we are talking about circular economy. Fascinating. So Andrew, after all this insight you've shared with us, where do you see the future of insurance? I guess that's a million dollar question. <laughs> um, so I'll just get my crystal ball out for the day. Um, I, I honestly, I think that the in insurance industry will be completely unrecognizable in the next five to 10 years. Uh, innovation within, within traditional insurance space has lagged behind the likes of banking for far too long, in my opinion. You know, if you look across the globe and especially here in Europe, interested in digital insurance and tapping into insurance ecosystems has actually never been greater. And this, this, and this drive to create in creating is creating huge opportunities for insurtechs like ourselves at Baltech. Basically, people aren't actually protected in the ways that they should be. Insurance can be hard to understand, it can be expensive, and it can be a hassle. And the town centre landscape is also changing with customers much more likely to buy all forms of products online now. So as long as the process is simple, transparent and easy to understand, we firmly believe that customers will find online protection much, much more compelling. At Bolt Tech, we see the future insurance as being easy, fast and uncomplicated with a choice of products that suit a person's unique needs at that moment in time. And as a digital native business, everything we've built at Bolt Tech is about realizing this future and facilitating an ecosystem that better serves that customer. So we believe that insurance and insurtech players they actually need to come together to enable the fast pace of innovation so, so that we can multiply the opportunities for all participants, participants across the insurance distribution ecosystem. 
We're currently building out our insurance exchange platform in Europe with both new and existing distribution partners. And it's attracting a lot of interest, which is really, really great. Uh, at the same time, we're continuing to expand our existing device protection partnerships. We really believe the future is through connected insurances provided to customers at the time of need. And that's what we're building in Boltech. So we have touched upon, you know, how businesses can enhance their operation already. We talk about some new business model already and the product and services you're already putting to market, actually, Andrew. So when you look at businesses of tomorrow, you know, how do they take advantage of emerging technologies to build the future of insurance? 2021 was a, a groundbreaking year in the advancement of technology across many industries. Uh, I'm sure you and your listeners would have seen the Willis Re, uh, Q3 quarterly InsurTech report, which highlighted that more than 10.5 billion US was poured into InsurTechs globally just in the first nine months of 2021 alone. And the expectations of this investment trend will obviously continue for, for the foreseeable future, I guess. At Boltech, we're also seeing several driving forces combining to trigger unprecedented growth in new technology-enabled business models in insurance. I think the global pandemic has just accelerated that transformation. And the reality is, I don't think there's anything, there's no going back now. But against this backdrop, the traditional insurance companies, I, I think, will see little choice but to forge partnerships with insurtechs and acquire that ecosystem connectivity. The reality is no one can provide it, though, can cover all new and existing technologies in-house. So being able to identify and collaborate to integrate those innovations makes the ecosystem for all participants much more attractive, and especially the end consumer. But picking up on this, I'd say 2022 will be the year when insurance makes a giant leap towards prevention and predict prediction. Customers today, in many contexts, will grant permission for the use of their data and may even allow alerts and notifications, but only if they trust that their data is being used to help avoid adverse events in their life. And I think this increasing availability of data alongside the sophisticated analysis of that data signals to business that the insurance industry is now capable of creating regular, valuable interactions with customers that drive better outcomes for all. And that in turn opens up a wealth of opportunities for everyone. Another area I'd like to call out is APIs and how they make it easy to just add insurance. I think finding ways to generate additional revenue streams is a key priority for any business, let's be honest, and especially those with a large customer base. A faster application, connectivity and development, the creating of developer ecosystems, B2B partnership models and monetization are some of the top API platform initiatives according to Google's recent state-of-the-art API and economy report. So in a world where there's pretty much an API for everything these days, insurers are finally warming up to the API adoption. And the rise of insurtechs, Nimble MGAs, and brokers has fast-tracked the development of these carrier and product APIs. The reality is APIs are now hygiene factors for businesses to participate in these new exchanges and for ecosystems to enable insurance to be embedded within customer journeys. But API integration can be expensive depending on the complexity of partners existing ecosystems. So what we do at Boltech is we provide a single API integration to our insurance exchange, and we do all the hard work with the partner 
for the partner, my apologies, by integrating those insurance carriers with our platform, saving the cost and complexity. But through the power of APIs, adding insurance into the mix will become almost as easy as to, as to add just about every other capability a developer can enable today. And it makes it truly an exciting time that we're entering now in the insurance ecosystem. That's incredible. I want to continue the conversation around future tech. You know, big tech have enabled us to take advantage of, uh, of technology, you know, technological advancement. You already mentioned Google, right? Can we talk about some of this new tech, the digital asset enablers, you know, the blockchain and the Web 3.0, the NFTs and the metaverse? How do you see this transforming our world, Andrew? So while there's an ongoing debate, I would say, whether there's any real underlying value in some of these digital assets, um, the demand for NFTs continues to surge. So it, the market's there, right? Uh, for example, I saw OpenSea, um, which is the biggest marketplace for NFT, recently surpassed 10 billion US dollars in trade volume. It's amazing. And actually, many of the world's biggest brands now, Nike, Coca-Cola, and NBA, have all joined a bandwagon, and they're releasing NFT collections. I, mean, I think we're clearly at an early, very early stage of participation in digital asset economy then. And whether it's cryptocurrency or NFTs, and in fact, any other digital assets, the emergence of regulation is building greater levels of trust and participation to the sector, which highlights that customers and businesses, they do care about growing and protecting their digital assets. And in fact, in some cases, more than probably their uh, tangible assets. I think the metaverse is a relatively new term, though. But as we all know, virtual reality digital worlds have existed for a long time already, many in thriving ecosystems. We're currently in Baltic, we're currently evaluating the options for having a presence in the metaverse. And although I would say we're not quite certain what that actually means yet, uh, is it a brand? Is it distribution? Is it a virtual agency? Or is it simply making a get quote API available? Who knows? All these possibilities are there, and I think it will become clearer over time as we move forward. We are, though, seeing global entertainment uh, and tech giants such as Disney, NVIDIA, Microsoft, Facebook, obviously now Meta, already making big bets in this statement, so there's something there. And whilst there's still, I believe, a long way to go before the metaverse revenues will become material, it, it's obvious that early movers will gain advantage of the emerging technology as one of the core distribution channels over time. But like any new distribution channel, uh, we need to keep an open mind. And if businesses consumers are present in the metaverse, well, there's obviously a need for insurance and protection products. And at the other end of the spectrum, we're seeing banks and now digital wallets providing services to have crypto and fiat sitting by side by side. Which is, a, which is a fundamental change in itself over the last year. And despite the volatility of these markets, there is, this, I believe, a significant opportunity for insurance as regulation drives trust and greater participation. But any questions may remain about the intrinsic value of some of these digital assets. We know that the assets in themselves by nature create a need for insurance and protection. And whether the risks surrounding them can be adequately quantified and underwritten though, well, that's still a bit of a challenge, I would say. So conceptually, I'd say we need insurance and protection in digital asset classes. And practically, we know many of the younger generation actually care more about these digital assets than they, 
doing many things in the real world. I know for me, um, my wife would love a, a Hermes a Birkin handbag, and I could never afford one in the real world, but they make NFTs of them now, so maybe one day she might get one. <laughs> oh, Andrew, I'm not sure it's the same, though. <laughs> not for the Birkin. Not. <laughs> but it's a nice try. It is a nice try, but you're right. Uh, it's fascinating to see all those digital assets coming to bear. I think when I, I study NFTs and I look at some of the transaction values, I wonder whether it is about transaction or is it about experience? Which takes me to what are the underlying technology that enable the Baltic ecosystem to ensure speed uh, as it delivers digital experiences uh, and execution for its stakeholders? Uh, our exchanges platform is built on a microservices-based architecture. And what that did is, is underpin them by world-leading exchange technology. It's designed to connect the insurers, agents, brokers, and affinity partners with customers quickly and efficiently around that ecosystem. The platform then allows for the integration of multiple insurance carriers and their offerings into a service portfolio for our partners. This ultimately creates an omni-channel distribution platform, both physical and digital, in some cases, you know, both physical and digital at the same time, within a single API integration. So what that means is that partners can simply add insurance to customer journeys at the point of need or, or create a marketplace in of itself of protection and insurance. That's superb. So, so coming full cycle right, from employee number one uh, to Boltec in Europe today, Andrew, can you share a little bit about what is happening for you on the insurance actions, which I think you call IE, and learned this from talking with Trina, <laughs> uh, front and uh, the sort of businesses that are keen to continue to work with you in the future. I, I can indeed. Um, so if employee number one to present day, well, uh, one thing's for sure, we're incredibly busy. <laughs> um, we're, we, we obviously work very closely with our partners, you know, partners such as Wintray, Salt, Dry, Mtel, to name but a few, as well as the OEMs such as Samsung. And we're continuing to work hard with them to deliver fast and easy device protection. It's a big hero product of ours. But we're also rolling out our insurance exchange platform here in Europe. And we're working with partners now to launch some exciting programs in the next few months, which I'm very excited about. Uh, as Boltech name becomes uh, more well-known now in Europe, what we're seeing is we're attracting some serious attention from future partners and gain a lot of traction in the market. I have to say that preparing for this meeting, I was struck, as, as I always am as I look back, by how much we've actually achieved in such a relatively short space of time. It has been quite phenomenal. Becoming a unicorn and achieving such incredible growth reflects the terrific relationships I think we've built with our partners, but also the amazing talent we have across our business. So if you'll allow me, uh, I, if I can just give a quick call out to everyone who's been on this journey with me, um, as, as I'm the one that's talking today, um, but it would not have been possible without all of them. And it's been an amazing global um, effort to get us here where we are. But coming back to our insurance exchange platform for a minute, if you hadn't guessed, I'm really, really excited about rolling that out in Europe this year. So keep an eye out on LinkedIn for some exciting announcements in the next couple of months. We've certainly got a busy year ahead of us, but I look forward to sharing more when I'm able to. 
Thank you, Andrew. What are your last words of wisdom for our listener today? Keep driving hard, always, always be optimistic. And you'll make, if you want to make it work, you can do. Thank you. So Andrew, where can people find you? You know, if they want to get in touch with you, where can uh, they find you? So they can find me on LinkedIn or they can uh, come to boltech.io and they can request uh, access to us there. Or you can find out everything you want to know about Boltech at boltech.io as well. Thank you, Andrew. I was fascinated to discover Boltech. I didn't know you at the beginning of 2020. And then one day doing my usual report on the Unicorn in InsurTech, I discovered you. And um, I'm honored to have you on our podcast today. So thank you for your time and driving our industry forward. Thank you. Thank you very much. And can I say once again, a big thank you for inviting me on your podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've really enjoyed chatting to you and I always enjoy your podcast. So keep going. It's, it's, it's a great podcast. Thank you. Thank you. If you like this podcast, subscribe now, share with your friends. And if you enjoyed it, please give it a five-star review. Also, if you want to cover any specific subject with me, contact me on Instagram under Sabine VDL Officials or LinkedIn under Sabine van der Linden. Thank you. <laughs>